On this podcast, we're going to talk about finding determination within ourselves. Even when you don't know the outcome, and many times I did not know the outcome, but good things will surface. You just got to keep trying. Okay, so let's go to our, our next set of questions. And this one's interesting because I think almost everybody had um, a similar theme with this next question. And it centers around your drive and your determination. Um, you're an intense guy. Uh, you are purposeful. You've always been that way. I mean, it's very apparent. And you attacked your recovery like nobody I've ever known. And I think a lot of your friends had never seen or even thought possible. So I'm going to ask this question um, from each of them, really, because it, it comes um, in very similar ways, slightly different, but I think the theme is the same. So Michelle, Michelle asked, what drives you to continue to move to be so competitive? Where does your inner drive come from? Is it a childhood memory or something from your parents? Naren, um, does your determination to overcome odds, especially rehabbing from this accident, come from a sense of competition? or being in control, or pure zest for living. And John put it in another way. So what makes you strive to push life constantly to the limit? Everything's extreme. Is your drive for adventure, pre and post crash, and I think it's important to note, you still have a sense of adventure post crash, is pretty remarkable. What drives you? Is it the thrill, the fear, um, Enrique, you're always up for the big challenge, like big ways that you never hesitated tackling. Has that changed in you? Is your drive to compete different? Wow, that's quite a bit. Um, and I know you, you kind of threw some of the ideas at me ahead of time. And so I, I, this one I had to think quite a bit about. And I had to think of like, where does my drive come from? And so honestly, let's just get let's just get down to the bare bones is I don't feel I have any special skills. I really don't feel that. Um, I do in reflecting on all this stuff in these questions, I do think that some of my drive comes from some of the BS that I had in my childhood and, and it wasn't really a good scene. If, if I think about it properly, um, there was a lot of negativity and a lot of, Oh, you're not good. Who do you think you are? And coming from a parent, um, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty, pretty tough to, to hear, uh, for many, many years. So there was never any, uh, accolades, at least I'm going to speak for one of my parents. Um, so in doing the Ironman, I started doing Ironman triathlons. So for me, that was like to prove, I think that goes back to my childhood to prove, at least again, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist, but it's just, just me to prove that, you know what, I can do something special, Right. Um, then I found myself transitioning out of that to proving it that I enjoyed doing Ironman because I thought it was fun. Like overall, it was pretty fun. And then as I got a little bit older and had certain like activities and adventures behind me or under my belt, if you will, it was a zest for life. And I think that is my big thing now and has been for many, many years that I'm more of an explorer than a competitor. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so when you talk about the, the thrill and the fear and things like that, the two things I absolutely loved was when the big surf swell would hit California and chase the bigger waves. And then also skiing. People don't realize I'm a very um, 
high level skier, snow downhill snow skier, and I would take some pretty tight drops down the mountain. Now, both of those were only for me. That was for my satisfaction. They're both solo and they're both in nature. And I love both of them. So, and it's funny, I can't really do either one of those again. It's just not safe given my neck and that's okay. So what I got from this accident really brought a lot out of what, what keeps rich ticking. And then I learned it's my zest for life. And, you know, life is just a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And definitely when you're recounting those stories of those big things you did, the big waves, the big mountains, it was always your thrill for just the, not the accomplishment, but you had fun and you're only recounting it to recount and share the fun, not so much the, Hey, I did this. So oh, totally. Like get that. when you paddle out in the bigger waves, it's funny. There might be five people out in the water um, that just, that, that we're the only ones that want to have anything to do with it. And I see bigger waves. I mean, bigger for me, 15 foot, 18 foot, uh, faces. Um, but it's just you in the ocean out there and you're playing dodgeball is what you're doing. And, you, and it's kind of like, what are you made you're of? you're the ball. <laughs> you're the ball and you got to navigate it and you got to manage it. And it's, it's very high, very high focus, very intense because you're, you're not bothered with anything else going on in the world except what is right in front of you. And that's the same with those steep ski drops. And so I just love that intensity of that focus. Absolutely. So anyway, all right. Anyway. All right. Chris had a similar kind of follow-up question that ties into this theme, I think. He asked about your source of motivation through everything. He wanted to know, especially during those first few weeks after the crash, did you feel that your body was pushing you towards normalcy? Or did you have to intentionally kick it off the couch? And if you can share what was or were the top sources of your motivation that you used to push yourself through that painful recovery? Yeah, this one kind of surprised me with the, um, with the medical stuff. Um, I absolutely had to do it myself. It had to be personal drive. Um, I think if I would have laid in the hospital and just said, hey, I can't move my finger, and they would have tried, but it, it's really up to me, and it was. In fact, I started doing PT in the hospital. Now, picture me laying in a bed, angled up with a neck brace on, my left arm barely even moved, um, every inch. If, I think if I wiggled my eyebrow, my entire body would hurt. But I started doing fist clenches, just clenching my fists in the bed, because that is all I could actually do, but I was doing something. And then the other thing is in, in the hospital, what I would do is I would roll to my side and that was extremely painful. I mean, my body was pretty smashed up. I would roll to my side to release the heat out of my back because I thought that was actually helping the injuries. Um, and I started doing that on my own. And then I would roll back and just kind of suffer a little bit and then wait an hour and do that because I knew that would help heal me. Nobody told me to do that. So that was the start. And I held myself very accountable to my life and for the life I wanted. Like that's the motivation. Um, I keep going back to this sign. I have this wooden sign near my door that says, write your own life story. Like the word write, W-R-I-T-E. Um, and I live like, I live kind of through by that motto. Um, I also say the physical pain was really bad. Like I had a pretty high pain tolerance before this. 
And I, I had to dig really deep to, to suffer through this um, again, because I quit pain drugs pretty early, like crazy early. Um, but my hunger for life I wanted was, was much greater than my mind and my body just being battered. And again, I don't think there's anything special about me. I had no idea what my life would be like. I had no idea what my capabilities would be like, but I feel like your life is your own car. You have to own it. You have to drive it and you have to take care of it. And that's just kind of, that's where I'm coming from. Awesome. So, you know, I'm going to ask, what's the lesson here? This one I think is pretty straightforward. Own your circumstances in for me, excuses don't get you pretty far in life. They don't really, they don't help you a lot. Um, but you can let people help you, but make sure there's a difference between helping you and guiding you because you needed instruction or something like that versus letting them do it for you. Um, and that includes, I remember hearing some people saying, well, this guy's successful because they have some special skill and blah, blah, blah. Nope. I think we all have skills. You just got to go deep. And, and I remember this funny thing Chris said to me one day. Chris is a pretty good friend. He knew, you know, Chris. Said, he said, Rich, if breathing was a manual process, I think we'd lose half the population. And I was like, I had to think about what he said there. And I went, oh, yeah, 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 okay, all right. I don't disagree, but I don't think it's a nice thing to say. So, <laughs> Makes so, a point, though. Makes it is, a very valid a good point. point. Right, right. Drive your own car, own your own car. It's your life. That's my message. Absolutely.